0: Dope. Dope. Dope.
1: Dope. 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 What's up? This is Roots to Grooves. Actually, heres I'll do it the way I usually start. I'm Jesse. Across from me is Jay. That makes this Roots to Grooves. What's up, Jay? What's up, Jesse? What's up, people? People. The world. At large. We love ya. Uh, could you. I'm a little hot. Can you turn me down a little you, bit? You want to be turned down um, a little bit? I was yeah. turning me up. How's that? Oh, be, good. Perfect. Yep. All right. Good. Actually, get me a little hotter now. Nate, a little just hot? A tiny bit.
0: Hot sauce? Yep. Yeah, good. Uh,
1: spicy. Okay. Good. I like it. Nice. Okay. It's all
0: the same volume to everyone listening and watching right now. <laughs> 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 I don't know what they're talking about. Did you guys hear that? Yeah.
1: You guys were talking about Frank Moody. Yes. Cool. Super cool group. I had no idea with who they were. Jay brought them up the other day. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, to me, seemingly out of the blue. Yeah. And it's just a very cool, soulful, disco Uh, You can say indie, but it's kind of poppy. Yeah, I don't know pop, soul, disco. What's what's in my notes here? Funk. Yeah, is the other main component. Yeah, yeah. Really cool vocals, cool harmonies. Really danceable music. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, production-wise, it's kind of psychedelic in the way that it's really a lot of things going on, little bits and pieces to make up the funk and the groove. Yeah, Um, very lush. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very good
0: band. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I hadn't. I think I might have heard the name Frank Moody somewhere along my musical travels on the internet. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, when I decided for the first time in a long time to go to the Discover Weekly and Spotify. Oh. I used to be on that like weekly because they they give you a playlist every week, of <laughs> stuff you know. And I sort of fell out of it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how jacked up my playlists have gotten since I play everything from Spotify on. The yeah, radio. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's cute. Um, but it was like the second track in the playlist, and I was like, whoa, it was one of the tracks from their album Dreaming Color. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's this? This is really cool. I just dove into that album, listened to every track, and I've been bumping it. This has been like two weeks ago I found this mm-hmm. album, and I've just been, it's been a long time since I've discovered a new album and put it on heavy rotation and listened to it kind of thing. And this is I've a good one. Yeah, I've been doing that with them. and. Yeah, like you said, lush, like disco-y, funk, house. I was getting a lot of like sort of soul R&B vibes from it. 100%. It's always interesting when you listen to the music from someone for the first time, you sort of like imagine in your head who they are and what they're doing. I imagined it was like some like cool young cat out of Los Angeles or something like that, you Mm -hmm. know, doing this stuff. A little bit like Levin Carly, who's an artist I don't know if you've heard of, but he's sort of been around. Uh, But no, they're they're not. They're from London and it's a duo. Um, I described their look, I, I thought about this cause the way they dress and that is like pu- uh punk rave. Okay. Yeah. Cause they look like they're in the sex pistols, but also that like they just walked out of a nineties rave. Or right. Right. Like right.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. The nineties kind of aesthetic. That's a good yeah, way yeah. to
0: say it. Yeah, yeah. They came from rave culture.
1: Right. As we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. And then their aesthetic is kind of colorful though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like mixed with that kind of grungy, mm-hmm. um, industrial type of feel with yeah a more poppy like colorful yeah aesthetic yeah, over yeah. the top
0: yeah yeah and um yeah i guess sort of like modern streetwear was like right a little, a little bit yeah they seem so pretty like, hip they come yeah, off as yeah. hip yeah yeah uh they got like four albums out yeah mm-hmm. they haven't
1: been around too long so it's a fairly uh, new band yeah, yeah relatively speaking their first stuff dropped in around 2017. yeah yeah uh, as frank moody at least. Yeah. Um yeah, I was just gonna say a couple of their influences. Oh yeah, one sec before because you had mentioned their name. Oh yeah, yeah. So when I first heard about this band, Frank Moody, I was when I started the research, I was looking for a, a connection to Californication. Oh. And I was just I was the show the show okay, yeah with David Duchovny that. okay, and because his, his role in that his character is called Hank Moody oh okay. and so i thought this was one of those bands without knowing anything before i knew anything about them yeah that they were just like playing off of hank moody's name right i was like oh cool because a lot of edm artists like we were talking about do that yeah yeah like Tom trues yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah um from friends right. yeah yeah all these <laughs> names like that which are which are fun and it's kind of a cultural thing in that yeah. arena of music um come to find out no it has nothing to do with hank moody or californication no references at all they Probably don't even know what that show is. Right. Uh, I thought that was funny. Other than that, I don't know where Frank Moody
0: um I mean they just took it from their names. Yeah, yeah. Is is how they got that name, I guess. Yes, yeah, so it's Ned Frank and John Moody are the two yes, like main set. guys in this group. Duo. Um and So they kind of see it as a collective.
1: Yeah. More so than a band. Like if you ask them, they wouldn't be like, Our band is, you know, Moody and Frank. Right. It's like I don't know how they they're they're the main songwriters. Yeah. They're the main kind of producers and they're the you know they're spearheading this project. Yeah. But they definitely use featured vocals. Yeah. Um and other people playing instruments.
0: Yeah. Uh, live certainly and on the on the records as well. Yeah. Which we'll get into yeah. I think cuz yeah. Um but yeah and I think they've gone through they said so they went through a bunch of band names and they were like let's just see how our last names fit together and they were like oh that, that works. It has a good wing to it. It works. It's good because sometimes you could go into like attorney slash lawyer territory if you mix last names yeah. like, you know, Standard and Poor. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Too corporate. Exactly. <laughs> Too corporate. But Frank Moody, yeah, I saw the name as well. And I, that's why I thought it was like some hip young guy from LA just doing cool R&B music yeah. or whatever. Because I've got that vibe more than anything else. R&B for some reason. Totally. But as I've listened through, it's a little dancey clubby but very song orientated which we'll also talk about i think a little bit later 100 percent.
1: but um, they have a lot of these really good musical components in there yeah. um, adding to this lush environment that they create yeah i was going to say a couple of their influences yeah, yeah. I'm sure you could probably hear it daft punk mm-hmm. probably huge uh james brown mm-hmm. artist called jamiroquai yeah i think we've talked about him a little bit yeah um they've been compared to artists like chic and nile rogers mm-hmm. nile rogers being in chic i believe Okay, yeah. I think they're still together. Okay. Um, George Clinton.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the last influence. That's all I got. Is George Clinton in in Parliament funkadelic? Or, because they mentioned Parliament funkadelic as well. Is he a part of that? I I think he definitely has his own thing going. I feel like he was associated with it. This is a gap in my musical history here right now. Well,
1: we're about to play another song, (laughs) we're going to do some research. Yeah. And then we'll get back to it. But yeah, I'm um, excited to talk about Frank Moody. Yeah. Super cool, lush, funky, groovy vibes. Um, So let's play a track and yeah. then let's get more into this. Let's do it.
0: Lopal Mean off of Frank Moody's debut album Dance Moves came out in 2018. You're listening to Rooster Grooves. Damn straight. With me, Jay, and here Jesse. Yeah. Ha. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, We're talking about Frank yeah. Moody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luscious, groovy. A duo, not a solo artist, as you might have thought, mm-hmm. which you talked about. Holding um, true to their influence. Yeah. You know, artists like you know, Daft Punk. Right. Or
1: other even. Um, what do you call that whole, no, England, no, not England, Europe, Europe like European mm-hmm. dance duos.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like air, Def yeah. Punk. Chemical Brothers. Yeah. Ray and Christian. There's a, there's a, there's a bunch. There's a- Bentley, Rhythm Ace. That's a really old one for for, I don't the, know for one. the people out there that get that reference. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, Frank or- Moody. Or- Orbital, Underworld. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. Let's go. <laughs> There are a lot. And now you mention it, I'm like, yeah. Why are there so many like electronic duos? And Polo you know, and Pan, yeah, they're yeah, from France. They yeah. did an episode on, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm, I, I like it. Yeah, I like the what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dynamic duos is cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about some where these guys come from. Frank Moody. Do we know anything about their uh, background, history, anything like that,
0: Jay? I don't really know anything about Ned and John's personal lives, outbringings. Uh, For me, the story really starts with them together as part of collective in this area of London called Tottenham. Okay. Well, Uh, let me back up real quick because I got a little bit.
1: Okay. Got a couple points. Okay. Um, Just a couple notes. I know John was born into a family of classical musicians. Uh, So he was... Up in the music, and they had cellos, violins, right. oboes. Yep. Um, so he, certainly some, you know, musical stimulation
0: from his family um, and his immediate surroundings when he was young. And it was like, do I, should I give it away now or not? About his mother or his sister playing violin and not, st- doing the strings. Okay. Right, no, no, yeah, no. no right. yeah, <laughs> Teaser. We got teased. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm getting teased. We're going to, okay. <laughs> foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. We know how to do a narrative here on Rooster <laughs> Uh And then Ned was, he was musically educated by the stereo of his parents' car. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So they were always blasting soul. They were just like into music, but I don't think they are like into the industry of music. Right. But like 50s and 60s yeah. uh, dance type music. Right. New Orleans music, yeah, rock yeah. and roll, Chuck yeah. Berry, Little Richard, mm. Eddie Cochran. Mm. So, yeah. And then so I think the, the, this band does harken back. Cause as we'll see when they get to that warehouse, they're kind of, anyway, we'll go one step at a time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I got basically. Yeah. But then basically I think they started they, when they became teenagers, they started playing in different bands. Mm-hmm. I think for a little bit, they, they played in the same band mm-hmm. together. Is that right?
0: Um, I haven't heard them say that, but like they were part of this collective of musicians that were all, they all knew each other mm-hmm. and they're all in different bands. Like about 15 or 17 of them kind of thing mm-hmm. um and uh, like uh, a certain point they they established this warehouse venue in an area of london called tottenham so and i i yeah. heard it was a abandoned warehouse yeah i think so yeah. and they, and they just like warehouse. squatted in there they're just like we're yeah. gonna take this over they called it the arch It's mm-hmm. like its name um, they got this place But they had to Have some money To rent the space I think I don't think I'm not sure if they squatted Because they like Actually like Said one oh. of their old labels Gave them some money To like build a me- mezzanine In there And stuff like that Okay um, that was, I thought it was abandoned And they just like uh, throw a rave Yeah Who knows The legality of this warehouse We don't know <laughs> Yes yeah, Ambiguous um, Tottenham. I used to rehearse Out in this area of London Back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. It was uh quite a shitty area of London. Sorry. I don't know. Tottenham? It's like industrial kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, I used to go to this warehouse. I know. Sorry. I used to go to like this rehearsal studio that was like kind of, well, this is, I might edit this out, but it was like the Rainier building or something like that. It was like an industrial okay. area, big old building. Apparently Coldplay used to rehearse in there and stuff like that. But there was this complex of different rehearsal rooms and you could go in there and rent by the hour. And they had a shitty drum kit, a Marshall amp, a bass cab, some microphones, PA, you just bring in your stuff and rehearse and that kind of thing. Sounds good. But um, but yeah, that's all I really saw of that area it was just like getting off the train station, lots of industrial buildings, not a lot going on there, kind of thing. Prime location to have a warehouse and do some late night parties, I would think. Which is primed what, for the story. Well, yeah, which is what the guys Ned and I was going to say Ned and Frank Moody. Ned no, and was Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Ned and John. Ned Frank and John Moody. Wow, it's Ned getting, and John getting confusing. Um, yeah, so they established this place, and it was um, it's interesting because they sort of were trying. They were putting on these really like big, sort of like almost rave type atmosphere parties mm-hmm. that would rage on until like three or four in the morning. I
1: think it's safe to say there were raves.
0: Yeah, but also they were like in. They had live bands playing that at like three in the morning, which mm-hmm. is like very different to like just the whole DJ thing. Um, right. You know? Yeah, they
1: took it yeah. next level. Yeah, which is kind of how they built this scene is what I'm. Yeah. Based on what I'm reading. Yeah. Like they just, there there was DJs and stuff like a rave, and it would be like kind of a clubby thing. Yeah. And these these parties would go through the night, through yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. To into the next day, it's and they would of, have these DJs playing, and then the the live bands would still they would go
0: on at three a.m. Like yeah, you said, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like the. Hilo and Pan did this. We did an episode on them. They started with the whole warehouse scene mm-hmm. vibe as well, doing a similar thing. DJ mostly though. But yeah, these guys like, because I think they were in separate bands at a certain point point. Um, and they both described the music they were doing as swamp pop. I don't know if you came across this term. I didn't see that. Apparently like it's a genre of music from like South Louisiana. So it's kind of like upbeat, dancey, but like blues orientated mm-hmm. with like, a lot of people in the band, like a nine piece band kind of thing. Right. Um, so that was interesting that they were doing that. Like, kind of I thing. mean, like,
1: yeah. So even, yeah. I think they, they hearkened it to just their whole scene that they created when they were looking back on it, they hearkened it to um, like kind of the scenes down in new Orleans. Like they had a, some kind of connection there mm-hmm. um, just to the cultural aspect of the dancing yeah. and the, the music creation yeah. and the bringing to people together yeah, yeah. aspect. Yeah. And so, I think down there you've probably seen it. There's a style called Zydeco. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's like a New Orleans, Louisiana
0: popular type um type of music. I think I wanna say that oh no, I'm getting this confused with calliope music. Okay. Calliope they, music is like the weird, like fairground type sounding okay. stuff. I'm not too much familiar with Zydeco though.
1: I'm I'm not either. Know. I was no. I was looking into it a little yeah, bit and it yeah. felt it it was kind of like I, I, I can't describe it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can, just, but there was an accordion <laughs> and it was kind of upbeat okay. and it was meant for dancing. Okay. Is, is the main gist of what I'm trying to say, but I, I wouldn't be able to,
0: you know, the music was like upbeat and fun and lively. That's the so most I can say. I have a description for me. It blends blues, rhythm and blues and, and music indigenous to the Louisiana Creoles mm-hmm. and Native Americans of Louisiana, uh, Cajun music thrown in there as well so yeah yeah piano, this, piano accordion are the main instruments washboard yeah this guy had a washboard yeah He's okay doing some cool rhythms i feel like i've heard it but i can't like i need, yeah we need to listen to some zydeca yeah on, on yeah, the break on the, we'll on the break it. yeah
1: we'll play some we'll yeah. bump it yeah um but cool stuff so that's kind of where they got the idea yeah. to kind of alchemize it into their own style of music and style of bringing people together and having a good time yeah yeah which is really cool yeah just really grassroots yeah and and natural organic thing yeah definitely. totally diy yeah like basically diy club they yeah. were running a bar out of there too right um and sure that was legal right I, I don't know that's what i'm saying like was this a real place or was this just a totally yeah. abandoned place yeah no legalities just a bunch yeah. of teenagers yeah. doing whatever they want yeah I don't know the specifics, but they were running a bar and serving alcohol, Right. and yes. they said it wasn't a great idea because it was a bunch of musicians trying to run a bar. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but it sounds like a great time. But as far as that, they were at the Arch, and they kind of played out that scene, and they were looking yeah. for the next thing to build, Yeah. basically. So they were looking for another studio or place to work, and I think they ended up finding a spot, but they couldn't find a spot that was big enough to fit a drum set. mm Myself. And so that kind of affected the way that they made music. Right. right. Um, instead of doing like the total, you know, using a drum set with real sounds and recording that, they started getting into the electronic side, mm-hmm. uh, mostly as a way for them to continue to make music without needing the drum set. Right. And so that's kind of where they started leading into uh, more electronic influences, I think, more clubby, dance, yeah, yeah. groovy, Daft Punk style right.
0: stuff. Yeah, it's probably where like the Daft Punk and Jamiroquai influences mm-hmm. sort of molded kind of thing. 100% um, seeking out like, yeah, because they, they talk a lot about like their love of like roots, funk and soul. Mm-hmm. And, and that's also a little bit different than the Zydeco and the Swamp Pop stuff that they would talk about that they were a part of as well. So yeah, I think like when they first established this project, they knew they were just going to make music with each other. Um, and like you say, that's kind of, the, the studio environment dictated like the move into sort of like electronic and like programming beats, but still they're trying to do it in a way which, you know, sounded organic. And I think they also said right from the very start, even though they were making music in this way, they knew ultimately they were gonna get a live band to play whatever they wrote or came up with anything. Sure. Kind of that was like always their goal apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, because the live aspect the live aspect yeah like neither one of them are like interested in going up with like laptops and usb sticks on mm-hmm. the stage like to them that's not the the vibe you right know? the vibe is like having a lot of people on stage and creating that kind of uh brave atmosphere you know, they always say they're trying to do it shows they're trying to create that vibe that energy the fun aspect sort of thing. Yeah. I think what yeah. it comes
1: down to yeah. is connection connection, yeah. a cool mm. way for people to connect with each other. And that's what the rave scenes and all of these scenes yeah, yeah. essentially do yeah. through music. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that I really love about uh, Frank Moody in general, these guys yeah. is that they're, they have a lot of integrity and perseverance for creating the connection yeah. and they're doing it through the music and they know that yeah. and they do it intentionally. And that, I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, Definitely.
1: So I'm so yeah they're kind of going through this this phase where they're transferring and they're they're growing yeah. into a little bit of a different style and they I know they said they used to go to Glastonbury every summer okay the big festival over there yeah yeah of course and um, so they started they would see like people like George Clinton who they were into in the past but then they started seeing other artists like floating floating points mm. which yeah, I think yeah. is more yeah. of a, an electronic yeah yeah type yeah I've so come across them mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So um, I'm just saying they're trying to draw a picture. Their influencers are kind of like being warped and focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And, you know, focused onto what they're going to be doing for the next few years. Yeah, definitely. Which is cool. Yeah. And uh, so I earlier, one sec, I just said that they would released their stuff, their first stuff in like 2017, but I think they had dropped their first EP technically in 2016. Yeah. I think it was titled Frank Moody.
0: Either that or, or just EP, I think I saw on uh, Spotify oh, th- somewhere. Th- yeah, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, which is instrumental, which is interesting. No vocals in this. I think there's a little bit like minimal backing vocals, but it's pre- predominantly a uh, in- instrumental EP. And it's interesting because I think there's only like four tracks and mm-hmm. you can hear uh, early starts of ideas that were later more fully, fully fleshed out on Dream In Color, which is their second right. album. I don't know. There's like... I don't know what certain, I know like there's a Juno synth that they like to use, and I don't know if this sound is in there, but like there's a certain like arpeggiated like rhythmic synth thing that Mm -hmm. I've heard in two or three tracks kind of thing, but it really comes into its own on this album, Dreaming Color. I can't remember which track it is, but it's like a very like rhythmic synth thing that's like part of it. We need to get one. Yeah. I don't know, man. Synths scare me. I love synths. Really? They scare me. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Not when I was a kid. Not when I was like learning piano, and we'd we'd get a new keyboard in the house, and it would have all these sounds. I'd cycle through all the sounds and play all of the drum beats that were yeah. on there, and just love it. I'd just mm-hmm. fuck around in all the sounds and all that. But, but like, but synths. I don't know. I had a friend that had the whole analog wall, and you like like patch bays, and you're plugging things in to create sounds. He would even make his own like little modules. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this one just does like whatever like this low filter or whatever right. I, it's like a fucking science project at that no point yeah. to me. like you know but then there are all the built-in synths you get that are famous like the juno and all that mm-hmm. uh chromio we haven't talked about them i don't know if you know them i don't but they're like big synth they're another duo but i think they're israeli middle eastern but based mm-hmm. in america um we should actually talk about it. and They do a lot of like sort of disco house stuff. Sounds cool. Well, I bring them up because I remember they did this old video on like uh, beat the clock. You know those like videos where they have to make a, a beat in like ten minutes or something like that. On mm. One of these channels, and their their studio is just full of synths, floor to ceiling on each side, just rack mounted. Love and them. it's all like plugged in, so they can just go over to any one of them. And That's tight. Play it. That's and, you know amazing. But it's scary. But it overwhelms me. That shit. I just I don't know what to what machine to go to? Can you get the same setting back again if you, like, find something cool, you know? No, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's... Anyway. You got to record stuff right when you get it. Yeah, exactly. Or it's yeah. never going to
1: be the same. Right, yeah. The settings. Yeah. So esoteric, and it changes. Like, I think this... The, the, it changes in the air, like... Mm. I, can, I, I mean, just, like... Because I, I know, like, talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers... Yeah. Um, I heard, like, you know, John Frushanti talking... Mm about, like, the guitar when they're... I think they were doing Stadium Arcadium. Uh And he said that. That's where I got it. Like, years ago, I saw some YouTube video, and he was like, you know, you plug in the sounds, and it's running through all these compressors, and the guitar's just right, and everything's perfect. Like, record it now. Like, get it now, because we won't be able to put everything back where it was. Right. Even if we write it down and notate it and put everything back how it was, the air is different. Uh, It's going to sound different. There you go. There's something you can't get back. Yeah. Just, you know... Yeah. Just saying about the magic that's of that moment. Yeah, yeah. And to, sure. you know, like harness it. Yeah. I don't know what that, is, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day. Seize, yeah. Is that day. right?
0: Seize the moment, Seize the Day. I know some Latin. On, yeah, there you
1: go. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, but yeah, so anyway. Look, yeah, so instrumental EP, they're doing the thing. And then the first track that we opened up this podcast with Dopamine, that was kind of a big track for them. Yeah. And that was off their first album that dropped in 2017. But Dopamine was kind of the culmination, at least at the genesis of this band, um, where all of their kind of techniques and influences united for something really epic. You know, it had vocals, groovy, funky, you know, harkening back to 50s and 60s, kind of rock, bringing people together, getting, it's a dancey thing. So everything kind of culminated into Dopamine, which is a really great standout track for them to get them started in 2017.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of a dream in color was the album. That no, I let's, went. Straight let's to. go straight to it. That, <laughs>
1: that was our first album. And then dream in color is interesting because that's what you introduced
0: me to this band. With. Okay. So you listened to that one first. before. So that's how I was introduced as well. Actually, we had a little dance party in our music studio the other day. I mean, that was it. Yeah. Because if the listeners don't know, we're working on a secret music project right now. There's four of us. Um, as yet untitled but there's some great songs that are going to come out but, yes. but we were playing some inspirations and i i bumped a couple of tracks from this album and everyone seemed to enjoy it we had it loud cranked up mm-hmm. like um yeah to me it was, it, that sounded even better like from when i was like in the headphones just enjoying it by myself to hearing it loud it's like I, man i got to hear music more out of the speakers more yeah often. <laughs> i
1: i think that's Stuff like this is meant to be listened to like that with other yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Of like enjoying the moment and being together. Right. I think that's what these people are doing. Yeah. What Frank Moody is doing. And I think that's epic. Yeah. So really cool. And so this album's just it's kind of like what we've been describing Frank Moody. It's lush, yeah. it's yeah. groovy, yeah. it's dynamic. Um, a lot of cool production techniques, yeah. good harmonies, good vocals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's somewhat poppy, but it's not a pop record. It's definitely more funk and groove yeah. oriented yeah. and just kind of vibey production. Yeah. So it's, it sounds quite contemporary and modern. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's it's utilizing a lot of the, the tricks and,
0: and aesthetic vibes from back in the day. Should we give the listeners and viewers a little taste? A little taste? Dream and Carla, this chant is called Terra Firma. Terra Firma from Mank Moody. Mank Moody. Jesus Christ. Who the heck is Mank Moody? (laughs) I think there's a movie that I've wanted to see called Mank, but I haven't watched it. (laughs) Um, It's black and white. It's, uh, I want to say it's, uh, what's his name that did Social Network and uh, Fight Club director? David Flint, Finch, Finch, Mm. Finch. Fincher. Finch. Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> Old Finchy. Mank, out <laughs> now on Netflix. Sorry, that was a plug. Frank Moody, the track we just played. Terra Firma was the track. From Dreaming Color, the album that I have loved and probably said that more than once. And It's a um, good one. Yeah, that whole album just slams for me from beginning to end. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think we'd yeah. both be in agreement if I said that uh, we would, if you want to get into Frank Moody, yeah. Check out this album number one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just start right there. Yeah. And you won't be disappointed. Yeah. I, I just have a lot of favorites on this album, like mm-hmm. at least three tracks. Um the that track we just played, I think that was the synth thing I was talking about, that sort of like Oh yeah, that's the right. Off kilter thing. They've yeah. done a few they've done that a few times in a, a few tracks. Um but there's another track of theirs on this album that it, the the early synth part sounds like the beginning of a Michael Jackson song. Mm-hmm but it doesn't go that way but it just still reminds me of that but it also just makes me feel that this track was like written a long time ago and right. it's been around for a long time right i think they do this a lot like i've seen them interviewed and uh there was one interviewer that from argentina i think that sort of mentioned a artist called alan parsons i think that was from the 1970s and he was telling them like oh i hear alan parsons and they were like who and they were like <laughs> Apparently, they didn't know who this person was, um, but they said that they actually really enjoy hearing, you know, people that listen to their music, Frank Moody, what their description is and, and what other influences they're hearing in it because mm-hmm. sometimes it just surprises them and it's completely not right. what they were thinking or whatever. And um, But they do also, intention, not intentionally, but I think they're very aware of the music they've listened to growing up and their influences and what they're into uh, to the point where they realize it's in their subconscious now. So when they're Mm -hmm. making on working music, writing music, like, you know, something can come out that sounds like something, but it's just like subconsciously coming through them because, Mm -hmm. you know, they were like really into into listening to a certain type of music for a long time or whatever. And it's just there, you know, like. But it's cooking in your subconscious. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about music. It's like, yeah it can like live there without you being like conscious of it. Right. And then you're in a situation where, I don't know, someone comes up with a riff and it makes you think, oh, it'd be cool if I had this type of thing. And then you just, all of a sudden you're just drawing it's that, literally, from that subconscious bank right there. Like the <laughs> way
1: our brains work, like literally the neurons are like reaching for each other and making connections. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they do that in the subconscious yeah. while we're not aware of it. Right. And then, yeah, an idea sparks and it's like, oh. And our brain's are like, boom. Yeah, yeah. Connection. And then we, can, yeah. we have this idea. It is, yeah. And we
0: cre- can create it from that. It's a funny thing. I mean, this happens in all warps of life, right? Not just music, but even conversations. Like, you can have a conversation with someone and suddenly be reminded out of nowhere, out of something that you hadn't thought about for a long, long time that happened in your life. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, still got it, that's and this right still there. still got it, right, right there. <laughs> but yeah, so that was an interesting thing. Like that's a whole that's a deep rabbit hole of the subject. I mean, yeah, <laughs> brain that's, neurons and neurology. Yeah, neurological science. But I think it's interesting. Out of all uh, things that people do in life, uh, when it comes to making music, there are certain things, com- concepts, and themes that surface. Uh, you know, to the like the, the the use of subconscious. We don't talk about that enough. I don't think not enough. Yeah, especially in music. Yeah, it's there. It's you just got to trust it, and you know, hundred percent. Like yeah. even if you're
1: you're you're stuck. Like, oh, I just need a bridge for this song, but I don't know. I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. You know, like, and it works for everything, bro. It comes yeah. back to manifestation. Right. It's like you let your subconscious do all the work. Yeah. And like when you go to sleep, yeah, that's when you're like. It's time to like tell your brain okay here's what I want to concentrate on yeah, yeah. here's what I want to figure out yeah here's the problem I'm encountering yeah. how do I get through this what's the next move and and think about those and meditate on those thoughts as you're falling asleep yeah. that tunes your body into being like oh that's what we need to figure out okay yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. it does it for you it does it. our brains literally like computers figure it out and then the next day at the next opportunity yeah. that we open up um, the doors to that creativity, then your brain's like, boom, yeah. awesome idea. Here it is. Yeah.
0: Drops it on you. I think I talked about this before or, yeah, on another episode kind of thing about how I do that. I use, I, use, I can't purposefully use my dreams to uh, solve problems. Yeah. <laughs> like if I, like, there was this one time, a long, the first time I did it, a long time ago, I was in London and I was trying to record drums for this whole project and I brought my drum kit into London like into my friend's apartment he moved his roommate out and like and we made turned his roommate's room into a like drum live drum recording <laughs> <laughs> he's like sorry buddy put mattresses we put his mattress on the on the wall to like you know absorb sound <laughs> he's
1: like can I move that in the other room so I go to no we're using
0: that But anyway, I'm all mic'd up in there. His control room is in the bedroom next door. So I couldn't see him or whatever, (laughs) just hear him on the- DIY baby. Yeah. And I'm trying to like record all these songs. And it's like, it was just like really hard. Like it was, I wasn't good at click tracks back then either. And it was just like, and I was just like the whole thing was just traumatized. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, but also I was staying there as well. So at night I was sleeping in the floor of this uh, drum recording room. (laughs) (laughs) So as I was going to sleep, I was like, I'll figure this out kind of thing and yeah i my somehow my brain processed it like that was the first time i consciously said i got to figure this out as i was falling asleep i woke up the next day and then i suddenly like was getting over the struggles i had the previous day and stuff like that Boom. so f- from that point on for me i always like if i if i'm struggling on a project or something i just sleep on it like mm-hmm. literally they say that sleep on it but i don't really know if people People really know what that means to sleep on it. Sleep on
1: it with intention.
0: Exactly. Don't just
1: go to sleep and be like, I need a break. Right. But like, if you're like, meditate on it while you're going from that phase of consciousness to unconsciousness. That's what an interesting moment that we go through every day. Yeah. That we don't put a lot of thought into. Yeah. We go from being aware Mm -hmm. to being just gone. Yeah. Every day we all do that.
0: Yeah. And then we come back. Yeah. We're just like nothing. (laughs) And we're just like normal. I feel like they use they use our energy like for computing. I think we're all in a matrix, and when we're sleeping, they're using <laughs> yeah. our computing energy for yeah. something else. Uh, yeah, uh, we zoom in here on a TikTok. I just said that. that. <laughs> that that's a TikTok. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that next week. Anyway, yeah, that was a uh, I don't know, just the subconscious <laughs> thing. Frank Moody, them talking about that, um, opened up some neurons in my brain to think about certain things. Yeah, in good that way um the neurons are firing with this band yeah um i i think there's a lot of connect
1: connectivity you know i don't know that's the main thing of this episode that i'm getting is like this band yeah they they breed connection yeah they create it yeah
0: between people musicians yeah communities yeah that's an interesting thing yeah when you uh sort of uh listen to the music is one thing but when you start to uh research who's behind the music and watch some interviews and stuff like that. You get a whole sort of different side of the story a little bit, or even go and see them live, which I haven't had the chance to do, but mm-hmm. I think you might get that same sort of intent. If you're at a live show kind of thing, you know, totally through their communication there. Like, I think it would just you know,
1: be about the dancing. And, yeah. and so like, we haven't really touched on it, but their live shows. Yeah. their live shows are very good. Yeah, yeah. And they're very energetic. Uh Like you said, there's like five, like, Eight people on stage.
0: I have some of the band members' names because it was hard to find. Let's throw them out. uh, Rosie, or or Rosetta is her full name. Mm -hmm. I don't know her last name, sorry, Rosetta, but they call her Rosie, bass player. She's really good. You can see there's a clip on their YouTube channel, some crazy thing they did during lockdown, performing in in a lift, AKA elevator Mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's very interesting. I only watched the first like 10 minutes of it into the first song. It has, oh. it has actors in there, and they're getting into elevators, and then and it's like a whole. It was it was interesting like interesting thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, I watched that too. It was like a music video, but a, uh, at the same a time a live film. performance. Yeah. yeah. Short film. Yeah. 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 there's a lot of different aspects to what that video was. Yeah. Very cool. Very interesting.
0: It was. Yeah. It's definitely. I want to go back and rewatch it on a TV or something. <laughs> like yeah. Big screen. It's very engaging. Yeah. But very cool, even just to see them play. Yeah. I, I think it's live. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely live because the first track, here, yeah, you can see Rosie doing the bass and mm-hmm. it's a fucking sick bass line she's playing. She's yeah, it's dirty. Great tone on there as well. She's just a really solid, groovy, funky mm-hmm. bass, bass player. Yeah, and she was singing too. Right, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, backing mm-hmm. vocals and that. Yeah. Um, uh, Amber is another member. I'm not sure what she does. She might be on percussion or backing vocals. Dan is a drummer. Dan. Uh, Luke, I think, maybe on guitar. And I want to say that they said the other member was called The Hoff or Le Hoff. Mm. It might be a nickname, The Hoff. The Hoff. That's Hoffman. What, that's what they said as they were reeling off the band members' names. At, right at the end, it was like The Hoff. And, and I was th- like, that's all." And I the Hoff. Yeah. So I could be messing that up. So if you're The Hoff, write in and uh, tell us what it was like to work on Baywatch in Night Raider. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let that us sounds know. like a good let's story. Know.
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's move on here. Yeah. Frank Moody's a great band. Collective. Yeah. Duo. Yeah. Um, 2021, they come out with an- another album, House of FM. Right. Eight songs. Um, it's it's more of the same good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. I don't have a lot to say about this one. Yeah. Um, Losing Losing Touch is a very cool track. Yeah. It's one of my faves off of it. It's the opening track on the album. mm Um, but I mean, it's just more good stuff, but I don't have any detailed stories and we're just trying to move through this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if that's cool, we'll just go to the next album. Yeah. We're just telling the story. Then 2022 and we're caught up to the year into the ether comes out Mm -hmm. and that's a full length album, 11 songs. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's just, it's also very good. Yeah. I think we're, we have a track to play off of it so we can all get a, get a taste of it. Yeah. We're going to play, I'm in a funk and we don't have to, play it at this very moment
0: but that's basically all I got on Frank Moody okay um the only thing I wanted to say was about how they make music and it's pretty simple but mm-hmm. they and it kind of inspired me a little bit is the how they don't really like sit down to write things from beginning to end mm-hmm. they sort of kind of work in sort of s- s- snippets of ideas kind of thing mm-hmm. so one of them will have a bass line or someone will have a chord Short chord sequence with a hook, or sometimes they'll just have a hook or a some a few lyrics kind of thing and and for one track, it was even their band member Rosie, she had a bass line and they started jamming with her and they got together this track. so it sounds like there's different avenues into uh, starting a song. It could start come from anywhere, but it has to come from like a cool little idea, which is inspiring to me, thinking the fact that I could actually just sit down for a day and come up with a bunch of riffs on an instrument mm-hmm. and just not really worry about it, just file them away. Mm-hmm. If, Cause it's like, sometimes it's hard to get into that headspace of like producing a track or, you know, sometimes it's just nicer to just kind of pick up a guitar and come up with a few riffs. Oh, that sounds cool. Just record it, you know? Right. And it seems to be, that's the way they work. Like, And then they'll come together in the studio with these ideas and then, and then they'll layer it up. The other part about this is um, they definitely want that, uh, party fun dance vibe, but it's but within that, they're trying to, trying to make songs. <clears throat> so they said that, uh, if the, if the, anything they write should be able to work with just a piano and vocals. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work that, that way, they said it's not a song kind of thing. Yeah. So that's really cool. Struck, just bare bones sort of thing, song structure. Um, but then what they do is they, they layer up like, um, on top of that, you know, um, you know, when they're making the song, they, I think Ned was saying that, um, the, some of the fun, the funnest part of the process for him is to like do the finishing touches, which is like, we've got the structure, we've got everything there. Now let's like work on adding like vocal harmonies mm-hmm. and he called it BVs backing in vocals, BVs. BVs. Yeah. Um, and Hammond organ and strings. And so I think it's John's, uh, was it John or Ned? I, I'm sorry, I don't know which one is which. <laughs> well, and they also but, both have like bleached blonde they hair. Yeah, they both look very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Like they both walked out of the same punk rave. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, did the same drugs. Yeah. The same template. <laughs> they just like merged. Uh, but like his uh, mom and sister plays. Violin and cello, respectively, I think, and uh, they are recorded. The, the strings you hear on their uh, recordings are from his mum and sister. Oh, is that so, right? Yeah, yeah. All of them? Yeah, yeah. And no way. One of the finishing touches that they add is the string parts. So he gets his mum and sister to come in and play those things on it. Yeah.
1: Oh, I did not. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. That's the, what you teased us with at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Finally revealed. <laughs> that was so good. That was good. That's uh, a, that's amazing. That's a great. Yeah. Again, bringing people together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is uh, one of the themes that I see from Frank Moody.
0: Yeah. And just the layering up. Yeah, like because their music is dense. I think they'll recognize that. And they said there's been times when they've like built up a whole track and and they're like there's like this little gap I and mean, we don't know what it is and then like one of them will just do like a little tiny tiny little synth thing. Yeah. Little like maybe in that song. Did a little and did and it just like fits in the song and just like finishes it. It's like, oh, that's the that's all we needed. Just that little thing right there, yeah. <laughs> Simple. But and um, the lo-fi thing they talk about, which they call craggy. Um, but I, I'm not really sure what they're talking about when they talk about lo-fi. Because to lo-fi to me sounds just like, you know... I don't know, like vinyl texture over a, a beat that you've like you know recorded to cassette tape and then recorded back in i don't know like <laughs> yeah it sounds staticky yeah far away but i think they're trying to say they don't like things too polished which i'm not i don't really know because like in this album dreaming color to me sounds polished like i was, you know, I was noticing that yeah, too they said yeah. oh we leave stuff rough around the
1: edges yeah and it's, you know, pretty loosey-goosey. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you put on the album and it sounds, it's, it's I think they're just being very... Yeah, um, modest.
0: Or... I think they're being modest. I mean, the, I guess maybe they, like, really the finishing touches, like, it's, it depends on how a tracks mix and mastered, right, can really sort of change a thing. So they might yeah. have, like, done a what they thought was, like, a lo-fi slash craggy drum beat but then once it's mixed and mastered it It eventually doesn't feel like that exactly yeah yeah from the outside perspective yeah yeah you've got the vibe in there i think maybe that's more what they're sort of talking about is the the initial uh, inspiration inspiration how it come like how a part a certain part can inspire another part Mm -hmm. you know fit together like you know with their sort of syncopated things that they do a lot and stuff like that i don't know but yeah, I just thought that was that stuff was interesting. Um, yeah, craggy, inspiring. craggy.
1: What does it mean? Let us know.
0: Yeah, down by the crags, the, the cragmen, cragmen. Anyway, I lost <laughs> it now. I don't yeah. have nothing else to say. That was it. Yeah,
1: Frank Moody. <laughs> I feel good about it. Yeah, man, it's good all music. Right. Good we're gonna, music. We're gonna play a song called "I'm in a Funk," yeah. and I think we're all gonna be feeling like we're in a good way in a funk when we're listening to this all together. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Frank Moody's super great.
0: What else we got? That's it, I think, right? Yeah, if you guys... I was going to say an announcement. Uh, Roots to Grooves announcement. We have a YouTube channel now. They're dedicated. YouTube.com slash at Roots to Grooves. YouTube do this new thing now we have. The at? At. at. Kind of like TikTok, I think. If you try and go to a TikTok in a web browser or something. You still go at? Yeah. Okay. At. Uh, So yeah, YouTube.com slash at. Roots to Grooves. We're going to be every episode up there. And and clips as well. I'm working on putting these little nuggets of interesting things from each episode. Yeah. There's their own video on there.
1: It's going to be good, guys. Yeah. We're excited. Subscribe. uh, We're doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But do, it does help us out a lot. If you leave a comment, like, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter, at Roots to Grooves. YouTube is all taken care of. We're on TikTok at Signal Radio. What is that one called? SignalRadio.com? And just at Signal. No, just at Signal Radio.
0: Uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. At, yes. <laughs> Confirmed. Denied. Where else are uh-huh. we?
0: Um, and at our Instagram. Instagram. At Rooster yeah. Grooves. Yeah. None of this stuff is updated because we forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some <laughs> of it's Where, where else are we? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It should technically be updated. We have a friendster. Yeah.
1: But anyway, okay. hang out with us on the web. Find us on Instagram. Um,
0: What's the thing I usually say? Give us the email if you guys want to hit us up. Bye. Yeah, you got to write to us any interesting things. Sorry. If you guys got something to say about what we're saying, Jay will give it to the email. Reach to Grooves at signalradio.com. S-I-G-N-L (laughs) radio.com.